We're going to continue our, our series this morning on Sunday school stories, uh, stories that we've heard growing up, and we're going to look this morning on one that has really been, uh, I've just been excited and expectant to share this this morning. So let's just jump right into Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. It says, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him, this is Jesus, welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. So I feel like in our Christian walk, in this walk of faith, this walk with the Lord that we have, we are in this constant battle, this choice that is before us to focus on the many things or to focus on the one thing right? That's like every day, maybe even moments throughout the day, we have this decision that we have to make in our hearts and in our minds. Am I going to focus on the many things or am I going to focus on the one thing? And most times, the many things bring us anxiety, worry, stress, fear, all those things. The one thing brings us rest, hope, joy, peace, contentment, strength, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And we can sit here on a Sunday morning in church and say, yes, yes, I agree. I agree with that. I know exactly what you're saying. I've been there before. Yet, when tomorrow comes or even this afternoon comes and we're faced with that decision to focus on the many things or the one thing, for some reason, we always choose the many things. That's what we focus our attention on, even when Jesus is saying, hey, I'm here. I'm in the room. Like, yeah, I know but I got all these many things that I need to concern myself with. And don't raise your hand this morning, but I want to ask you this question. Can you relate to Martha in this story a little bit? You've got all these things that you're trying to do in your life. Check off all the boxes, get everything in order. And then, yeah, Jesus, maybe I'll get to you at some point. Like I really, yeah, James, I hear what you're saying. I'd love to spend more time with Jesus. I would love to sit at his feet, but I got X, Y, and Z that I have to do. And if I don't get it done, then I don't know what's going to happen. Again, don't raise your hand, but does that sound like you? Okay, or just say yes and respond and expose yourself. I was trying to, you know, under the radar. I love our church. Yeah, that's me. I don't care. Hands up. I don't care what you said. You know, when we have this, if I don't do it, who will mentality, that is what anxiety is rooted in. If I don't do it, who will? If I don't do it, it's not going to get done. If I don't do all the many things, then what's going to happen? But what about the one thing? The one thing that is needed is what it says in Luke. There's one thing that is needed. There are many things, but there's only one that is needed. But if I don't do it, who will? And then we spin our wheels and we spin our wheels and we spin our wheels and we end up anxious and stressed and worried and we're wondering, how did I even get to this place? And I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit has put this on my heart to talk about this morning. And that is anxiety because I believe that there are people 
many of us in this room and watching online that are struggling with anxiety right now. We're so caught up in doing and doing and doing that we've forgotten the one thing. We've forgotten Jesus in the room. And y'all, let me just tell you something. Churches are as guilty with this with anybody else. You know, we have to be very careful as a staff here at Beaches Chapel. You know, yes, we're doing the events. We got, we got this going on. We picked the songs. We got the lights and the sound. All that stuff's taken care of. And then we forget, oh, wait a second. Have we even gone to Jesus this week and put all of this before him and just sat at his feet? And I love that we already saw that happening in worship this morning. Like all of worship, I felt like, was just about just stopping and just getting before Jesus and just slowing down. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But I do believe that there are many of us in here that are struggling with that. And without even realizing it, because we are so caught up in the many things and trying to get this done and that done and the other, we've made ourselves the Savior in the room. And we've forgotten that Jesus is in the room right there with us. We've made ourselves the Savior. And y'all, the only outcome of that is failure, right? That's why we get so stressed and we get so anxious because we can't do it. We can't do it. But there's someone in the room that can if we would just focus on the one thing that is needed. Listen to what 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says about anxiety. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him. Not some of your anxiety. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Again, I want to I look at this instruction that, that Peter gives us in verse 6. Those first two words, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. When we start getting so, so caught up and so focused on the many things and we start doing and we've made ourselves the savior in the room, we have not humbled ourselves. We are filled with pride and arrogance that we think we can actually do it or ignorance that we think we can do it. Peter's saying, humble yourselves. Stop. Remember that you serve a God who can do it. Are you willing in this moment with all this stuff going on to just stop and lay these, these problems, these issues, these things on your list down at the feet of Jesus and saying, you got it. I can't do it. You're right. So I'm going to humble myself before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I'm going to lay these things at your feet. That is the first requirement. That is the first requirement of casting our anxiety on the Lord is to humble ourselves. If we decide... If we, if we have a willingness to not take matters into our own hands, it is an expression of humility. If we don't decide to do that, and just, again, y'all, I think all of us can save ourselves a lot of trouble if we would just stop every now and then and say, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to make this decision right now. I don't have that peace that I need to have, and so I'm going to <gasps> Wait. I think that is the number one attribute that the staff here at Beaches Chapel loves most about me. <laughs> no, they hate it, actually. It's like, just wait. Let's just wait. Ah! I don't want to wait. I want it yesterday. I'm like, I know, but I don't. <laughs> but if we could just wait on the Lord, if we could just wait on Him and not try and put everything in our own hands and humble ourselves before God, then we can do what is next, which is what 
Jesus tells us to do, which is to cast all our anxiety on him. But you know, when it comes to humbling ourselves and getting to that point, I want, I want us to remind ourselves, Jeremiah 10, 23. I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. Listen to this. We are not able to plan our own course. We are not able to plan our own course. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. Okay, so here we see two different times the Bible tells us that we don't belong to ourselves and that we are not able to plan our own course. Yet what we try to do when we're doing the many things is those very things. I have to determine my own course. This is all me. No, it's not, y'all. We can't determine our own course. Why? Because our lives aren't our own. When we get saved, what do we do? We turn our lives over to Jesus. We say, we are yours. We are yours. I serve you. I do want to ask you to raise your hands on this one. How many of us in here have been walking the Lord for a little while, tried to plan your own course, and it failed miserably? Anyone in here? Okay, most of us. Thank you. Yeah, everybody, right? Listen, that's my story. That's my testimony. I was not the, the guy that at the, at the youth you know, rally or whatever that ran to the stage when it was that altar call for people wanting to go into ministry. I was like, bathroom break time. I, I'm not running up there. That's not what I want to do. So I tried all the other things, the many things. I tried sports talk radio. I tried going into the military. They rejected me, by the way. That's a good feeling. Uh, I thought, you see the commercials, y'all take everybody. Not, okay, cool. I mean, I know I'm not the biggest guy in the room, but I could serve my country in some way, right? No, you can't. Nope, nope. Okay. There's no rejection like the military rejecting you. I tried to go to Hollywood and be a famous something. I don't really, I still don't know what. That one makes me laugh too. Like what, what was I thinking? I got all the way to Houston, Texas, driving there with my truck loaded up to the brim and turned around and came back the next day because I was trying to make my own course and I could not do it until I humbled myself and bowed the knee and submitted to what God had already called me to do with my tail between my legs, come back here to Beaches Chapel and tell our pastor at the time, I believe I'm called to ministry. Because God was just slamming doors shut every time I tried my own way. We cannot control our own course. So doesn't it make sense then to just humble ourselves before God and say, hey, you know, you take over for me? So when those times of anxiety come, we can do what Jesus said to cast all our anxiety on him. Let's talk about that word cast really quick. You think about when Jesus would cast demons out, right? And the gospels, those stories, amazing stories. And what Jesus didn't just go up to the, he was like, hey, uh, like, could you, could you get out of this guy really quick? You know, be, could you do that for me, demon, Right? No, he cast them out. He said, get out. And they would grovel at his feet, right? That word cast is a big word. It means to throw something forcibly, right? Not go, get off, right? It's like, get out of here. And I want to I show you exactly what casting looks like. Let's look in Revelation chapter 12, starting in verse 9. It says, a war broke out in heaven. 
Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So what happened? The devil tried to defy God and his kingdom, and he said, get out. And you know what? When anxiety comes on us, y'all, that's what we're supposed to do. We don't go, oh, can you just leave a little bit? No, we say, get out. Get out. Because here's the thing, y'all, that we need to remember. Here's what we need to remember. Anxiety, fear, stress, worry, all those things, those aren't from the Lord. They are from the enemy. And so when that tried to come into heaven, Jesus, God said, get out. I cast you out. And so then when those things try to come on us, we can do it too. We cast them out. But this is the amazing thing. Jesus doesn't say cast them out into a herd of pigs. He said, cast all of your anxiety onto me. Why? Because I've already defeated the one that causes all this anxiety. I know what to do with your anxiety. So give it to me. Y'all, this is not, this is not a, oh, it's okay. They're there. Pat you on the back. Let me, let me empathize with you in this moment message today. We have those times, sure. Especially over the altar where we just embrace and we pray together and we hear one another. But what I want to tell you from the stage this morning is that we serve a mighty God. All right? We serve a mighty God. And when he tells us to cast all of our anxiety on him because he cares for us, then we should do it. Then we should do it. We should humble ourselves. We should stop worrying about the many things that are going on in our lives and focus on the one thing, Jesus in the room. And he changes everything. But instead, if we're not careful, we become our own savior. And we try and check off everything on the list and we're busy and we're distracted we don't even notice Jesus in the room. Or if we do, we never actually get to him. Because we're doing, 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 trying to be our very own savior. Listen, y'all, the truth is, we should look different than the world. Like, we should look very different. We should look wildly different than the world. Why? Because the world doesn't have a savior to cast all of their anxieties on. So they operate in fear. They operate and they walk in fear all the time. So that when the world looks at the church, when the world looks at Christians and those that love Jesus, they should say, I don't get it. Why do they look different? They're living in the same world as I am. They got a diagnosis same as I did. Their marriage is just like mine or whatever. Why are they different? Because we are saying, get out, anxiety. I cast you out. And I'm going to sit at Jesus' feet and know that he cares for me and he can do the job way better than I can. And so I'm going to humble myself and release all those things. My kids, my marriage, my finances, my health. I'm going to lay them right here, Jesus. I'm going to lay them at your feet. And I'm just going to sit and be with you. I'm going to cast those things out. That's what it means to cast out. It doesn't mean to hold on to it just a little bit. It means to get it out so that we can focus on the one thing. And what is that one thing? Psalm 27, verses four and five. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. Listen to this. This is the one thing, y'all, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, 
to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. But check this out in verse five. For in the time of trouble, in other words, when anxiety comes, when worry comes, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. So we sit at Jesus' feet. We release all those anxieties on him. We cast them onto him. And we sit. Now, James, what about when trouble comes? It's okay. He covers us. He protects us. The last thing he's going to do is just leave us out to dry. What is that one thing? To gaze upon your beauty, to dwell in the house of the Lord. That's the one thing. That's the one thing that is needed that we will never lose. Matthew, I read this verse, I think just like two weeks ago, maybe three, but um, one of my favorite pastors says, us, us preachers are in the ministry of reminding, so I'm going to remind you all this today in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. It says, that is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Don't be concerned with the many things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Here it is. Seek the kingdom of God. Another way to say that is seek the one thing. Above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. It's the kingdom of God that we're after, y'all. All these things will be added. God knows what we need. That's why when we cast our anxieties onto him, he's like, I already knew that anyway. Let me take them and provide for you. So you can't do it. I control the course of your life, not you. I'm going to band come back up, and I want to read this little, I mean, this is an old, like, hymn. But based on what the verse we just read in Matthew 6, it said, said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, oh, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such who cares for you and me. We have a heavenly father who cares for us. And if the birds are taken care of, he will take care of us. For many of us in the room, many of us watching online, it's time that we lay these things down at Jesus' feet and understand that he is far more capable than we are of solving any of our own problems. He is capable. Cast all of your anxiety onto him. Why? Because he cares for you. Say that again this morning, y'all. The Lord cares for you deeply. He deeply cares for you. And he proved that by Jesus dying on the cross, paying that penalty of death, taking our place when he had lived a perfect, spotless life, 
He proved it. He proved that he cares for us. So when the God of heaven and earth, who places the stars in the sky, tells us, don't you dare, child of mine, be anxious about anything, but instead cast all of those cares onto me, we need to take him up on that and not live our life being consumed with the many things, but instead pursue the one thing, the one thing to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze upon his beauty, to get lost in worship on Sunday mornings. When those moments of life that are hard come, I want y'all to remember this. I want you to cast, cast all of your anxieties onto Jesus. I am not going to live with that on me, Lord. This is yours. So I humble myself before you, and I say, this is yours, not mine, because I'm not even my own anyway. I am yours. You care for me. You might have to say that verse over and over to yourself. You care for me, God. You care for me, God. You care for me, God. So I'm casting all of my anxiety onto you. I want to do two things this morning as we close and we left some extra time to do this this morning some of us in here need to do that need to do that very thing we need to cast our cares onto jesus you've been walking around with burdens with stresses that you were never meant to carry and it's time this morning as we worship for you to cast forcibly throw get out get rid of these anxieties The second thing that I want us to do is to sit at Jesus' feet and worship. We've got time. Lunch is going to be there when we leave. Your kids are over with Rachel having a better time than they were with you. All right, let's just be real. Probably going to be disappointed when they see you. So why rush? Why rush? We came to church this morning for something, right? came to experience the Lord. So I think for, for many of us in here, I think God is telling us, stop. Just stop. Sit at my feet. Pursue the one thing that is needed. Cast all of these cares, these anxieties, these worries onto me because don't you understand that I care for you? So we're going we're gonna to go back into worship. If I can have, let's stand up. We have these rugs up here as part of our altar. And I want to encourage you, if, if, if this is resonating with you, man, come up and kneel. Sit at the feet of Jesus and just let his love wash over you. Let's be real literal with this this morning. And if there is something extra that you are walking through and you need that prayer, to have our elders come up, Chow and Carmel, if you can come over here. Don and Joanne, if you can go to this side. Kyle, you want to go to this side. Donna, if you want to come on up too as well, that'd be great. If you want us to agree with you and whatever you have going on, we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. But I want to encourage you this morning, if you have been going and going and going, anxious over the things that are going on in your life, now is the time to lay it down, to humble yourself and just let the Lord take those things from you. Father, I thank you so much, Jesus, for your words that 
know, sometimes we overcomplicate it, Lord. Sometimes your words are like so deep and we, we cannot fathom them with our, with our mind. So we have finite thinking. But God, not in this situation. When you tell us to cast all of our anxieties on you, Lord, you mean it. And that's what, it, that's what you're saying. There's no digging deep, deeper or anything like that. You say, don't be anxious for anything. Cast all your anxiety onto you because you care for us. So that's what we're going to stand on this morning, Lord. We're going to stand on the truth that we serve a God that is for us, that does not want any of his children walking in fear and in worry and in stress and anxiety. But you say, give those things to me and focus on the one thing. Focus on me being in the room with you. So God, for all of those this morning that are struggling in that area, doing, 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 